All right, let's open our Bibles. Matthew chapter 22, and I believe you have it on your bulletins. I don't have one, so do you have that? No, yeah, there is. Matthew chapter 22. And you probably heard about this story before, so I'm going to read it. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and Pharisees, oh, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with the question, with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. We are going to, uh, we are going to base the sermon for today, not on these verses, but in Mark. Mark also speaks about this situation, this moment, in the same way, but he gives us some more details. So I want you to go to Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. And as you know, the last three weeks, we've been studying about the Ten Commandments. Uh, and we are very much done with the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments reading from the Old Testament from Exodus. Now we are going to just uh, review mainly all those Ten Commandments and the whole meaning of that based on what Jesus said to this person. So let's go to Mark again, and let's read chapter 12, verse number 28, and then forward. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus has given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Of all the commandments, which one is the most important? Of all the ten, which one is the one that we need to follow? Now, this is different. Matthew is talking about this group of people who are trying to, pers- to, to test Jesus so he can make a mistake. And then they all get together and they say, you know what, let's just ask him a question. Here Mark mentions the other way. This person is listening to the whole situation. And as he realizes, according to the Bible, that he gives the right answer, just funny, you know, he realizes he's giving, Jesus is giving the right answer, then he jumps in with the question. So, which one is the most important? Now, this person was a scribe or a lawyer, let's put it that way, at these days. But this guy was an expert. This person was an expert in the law. He went around the law. He knew exactly what to do, how to, you know, move around. Uh, and I want to bring an example. I know we have, uh, uh, Bob is, is just smiling, and I was thinking, let me, let me just ask a question to Bob. Of all the laws that you know about, because lawyers go by books, and at these days they don't even have those books. They have a computer with all the laws, and which one is the most important of all of them, Bob? Which one? Look at him. The First Amendment of the United States, the Constitution. Of all of them. Now, is any more of that? I mean, how many laws do you guys have? Yeah, California. 4,000 laws. 4,000 laws. Oh, there's only one section. 
Okay, thank you, thank you. No wonder why they, 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 you know, these guys, they have this TV with all the books in the back, like, we will fight for you. All those books, right, remember? And then at the end, hablamos español. Like, <laughs> so many laws. Yes, you know, he goes back to the, you know, to the big one, the one that, you know, this country goes by, you know, the, the amendment, the, the one that everybody should be knowing. So, is out of the 4,000 laws that he knows as a lawyer, he uses it every day, he can't go and say which one is the best, which one is the most important. All of them are important. When you read the Ten Commandments as, as, as we were reading the last time, the last three Sabbaths, you don't find when we were reading Exodus saying, commandment number one, commandment number two. Do you remember reading something like that? No. And the Bible won't mention that. It just says you don't do it. You just go straight to the point. The interesting thing is that as human beings, we usually want to know that according to all of the ten or all of the eight or all of the whatever you think, you know, how many steps or things you have, something got to be important. That's why you have a number one, number two, number three, number four. Parents, if I ask you all of the three, four kids that you have, which one is the best one? You will say, no, no, pastor, they are all the same. As some, some of them are weird and they get mad and they, they have this kind of, but they are all good. We all love them. Well, I love them very much. It's not such a thing that because he was born first, this one is the best. All my genes are here. He is awesome. Right? Or oh, that happened. But we usually go that way. If we have seven steps for something, the first one got to be the most important because it's the number one. If we have ten commandments, but because God never gave the ten commandments like that, he just gave the commandments, okay, count it, ten, all right, that's it. So which one is the most important? A question that sometimes maybe you ask yourself. Which one is the most important? If I ask you as a seven-day Adventist, out of the ten, maybe some of you, I mean, some of you will say the Sabbath is the most important. Is it? Here we have this situation of this person bringing that question, not necessarily as someone who wants to really know the answer, but someone who is trying to use the same idea of which one is the most important out of the time to trick Jesus Christ. But Jesus is smarter than that. I'm going to read that verse again. Verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came to hear them debating, noticing that Jesus has given them a good answer, he, and he asked him, of all the commandments, which one is the most important? Verse number 29. The most important one, he starts by saying, answer Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, your God, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He starts by that. Is that a commandment? Do you remember that commandment? And as I mentioned like three Sabbaths ago, how they divide the commandments, many of the, many of the Jews, you know, the way they do it, they see that one as the first one. You need to remember who is God. 
you need to remember who is the person of God in order to understand all the commandments. And here we have Jesus Christ using the very same thing. But he is absolutely, here he, he is mentioning something that you are going to find, and you just go with me to, <clears throat> every time this book, you know which book is this. Deuteronomy, yes, I got it. Deuteronomy chapter 6, if you go to verse number 4, chapter 6, Deuteronomy, verse number 4, you are going to read, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then after that, verse number 5, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then keeps going and going, talking what you as a father or mother, what you parents have to do with your kids in order for them to learn the law. And when you read the whole passage, it's very much that you need to be an example. You need to live it. You need to just have some kind of relationship with you, God, in order to teach it to your kids. That's the very interesting thing. Let's go back to the verse of Mark. I read again verse number 29. The most important one, listen to this, answer Jesus is this. Hear of Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He is not different from any other Lord. The Lord in the past is the same Lord that is today. The God in the past from the Israelites is the same God that is calling you today. He's the same God that is going to take you and ask you to do things for him. The Lord is one. No difference. He's the same God. You and I, we need to understand that. The Lord, our God, is one. Verse number 30. Love the Lord. Now, now he's going deep, I mean, deeper. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Four different things. So he said, hey, you need to understand who is God. God is one. He never changes. He's the one who is calling you, who is the one who, who, who was the delivery for, for I mean, to, you know, the one who take you out of Egypt, if we want to bring it up for today, he's the one who brought you here to this church and now you are following him. He's the one who is fighting for you. He is the only one. Nobody else, I mean, there is no other God. Isn't that great? By now, I will probably hear it in some other churches. Amen. Because that's wonderful. He deserves Glory and praise just because of that. We mentioned this before. How difficult it is to find confidence, to find somebody, to trust someone, especially when that someone changes his mind all the time. If something is good, oh yeah, I am with you. When something is bad, I don't know you. But God is one. He never changes. Don't be afraid. You can say amen if you want. A few of them, amen. But then when he talks, verse number 30, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength. Now goes deeper. He's not saying 
you know, out of the Ten Commandments, this one is the most important. By the way, if you think that only the Ten Commandments, you know, we know that reflects the love of God, that His character. If you think the Ten Commandments is, all, all of those Ten Commandments is only God's character, you are putting God in a very small frame. God is more than that. And here we have saying, okay, I'm going to go through all of this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. When you read that passage and you go just trying to get a little bit more information about the heart, what is so important? When you love someone, what do you say to that person? I love you with all what? Do you say with all my stomach? Man, you know, you are, I mean, my stomach is rejoicing for you. Because you hear this, you know, you're hungry, but that's because I love you. Is that what you said? No, right? You know you're hungry. You know you want a burrito or something warm, hot. You want something. Heart is, uh, is all the time related with how much and how deep and how sincere you are with someone, especially when you talk about love. I love you with all my heart. Wow, I'm going to give you my heart. <gasps> Women are like, oh, he loves me. Heart. That's really difficult to give sometimes, isn't it? And if you've ever been in a relationship, when you give your heart and that heart is broken, is what? It's hard to go back and say, I wish this thing never happened to me. You know that. But that can only happen in a relationship. You are going to love. I am going to love my God with all my heart. Sincere. I mean, I'm going to be sincere with him. No faking here. How would you feel, wives, if after all this time you notice that your husband, every time he told you, you know, I love you, he was really faking Will you open your hand really big and do that? Love your God with all your heart. Be sincere. Don't fake it. But then also says, love your God, your heart, with all your soul. And there is very inter- this is very interesting because out of the Pharisees, and, you know, and the Sadducees and this guy, and, it's, and it's, you know, one of them, they didn't really believe in resurrection, nothing, but they all know it was something about the soul. They got, human beings, they have a soul. And when you die, that soul is, is going someplace else, and they had some problems there. And now this person is saying, you are going to love your God not only with all your heart, but also with the soul. And that soul is coming from God. And when that soul, when that body dies, even if you die, he's trying to say, you are going to love your God. How can that be? Now, that's a, and how do you say that? That's a figure of a speech. Doesn't matter what happened in your life. Every piece of your body needs to love your God. That's the whole point. You have plenty of examples in the Bible. Christians dying, praising the Lord. 
the soul is dying, the body is being burned, and they are praising the Lord. You love your God with all your heart, with all your soul. But that doesn't stop there. What else is there after that? Heart, soul, with all your mind. Every time you think, every time you, you, you think, you know what? I am so smart, I can get all of this. I know I'm so intelligent, I can get all of it. Yes, every time you use that intelligence, you do it to love your God. You don't do it to fight your God. You don't do it to fight somebody else. You don't do it to discuss with somebody else things that sometimes doesn't even, you know, help you in your spiritual life. You use it to love your God with your mind. But not only that, you love your God with all your mind, you love your God with all your what? Come on, Jim. Come on, Jim. Just put it right here. Let's see, Jim. You're going to let me win, huh? That's not fair. John, John, John. You see? You're faking there. I want you to just do this. Come on, come on. You love me. Come on. With all your strength, right? Wow. Now he's good. Let me win. This is the serve. It's a fit. Thank you. You use your body. You use your energy. You use your strength. You use you. You all that energy, the strength that God has given you. You use it to love your God. The problem is that out of all these four things, we only use maybe a couple of them. The other one, no. So then it's not a full, att- I mean, we are not following the commandments of God if we only use two or three of them. We need to give all of ourselves to him. And the base of all the commandments is this. None of this is going to happen if you don't have a strong relationship with God. If you, pers- I mean, if you try every day, God, here I am. I want to just have a relationship with you. I want to know you more. I want to love you more. Look at all this. I am so happy that you are in my life. Love your God with your mind, your soul, your heart, your strength. If we have Christians like that, can you imagine this church? It will be different. But forget it about this church. Can you imagine Christians? Because we are talking about followers of Christ. We are not talking only about seven-day Adventists. Then we keep moving because time flies. There is no other. Well, sorry. Verse number 31. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than this. Now that's the problem that we also have. You know very clear how the Bible, how the commandments are divided. God, your neighbor. But we have a problem when we said, I love God and I follow all of those things. But then, when it comes to be my neighbor, mm, it's not the same. And it's very interesting that I'm going to just go through really fast. When you, when you remember the story of the young rich man, the first thing Jesus Christ started asking is all those things that you have done for others. Go ahead, have you done this? And I said, oh, yeah, I've been doing that since I was a little kid. That's no problem at all. 
Well, then if you have done that, that means that you probably love God, so you leave everything and follow me. No. I don't think so. That's an issue. You see, we can all fake to love God. We can all show to everybody else that my mind is with him, that my soul is with him. We can do all of that. But the test comes when you show it to your neighbor. That's tough. We can all say to God, we can all lie to him, and he's so nice. Because, you know, the God that we have is not the kind of God that if, if you lie, he's okay, you're lying, huh? Two. Big nose. But, but, but it was a lie. We don't have a God that is putting, that, 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 you know, create, I mean, putting you like a red light that every time you do something wrong, it starts. Can you imagine having a light like that? I love you, sister. <laughs> you lie. You don't love me. Hey, I care about you. We don't have a God like that. But don't lie to him and don't lie to yourself. If you love to God the way you said, if you come and do all those things, soul, heart, oh, I'm here, look, praising the Lord, singing hymns, this is the way it's supposed to be, pastor, this, God, listen. if you do all of that, then you love your neighbor, and you do things for this neighbor, and it's not only that, you love your neighbor as yourself. Don't you love yourself? Don't you think you're cute? Don't you think you're good looking? Don't you think that, you know, you don't deserve to be punished sometimes? I don't deserve that. Yeah, you don't, but your brother doesn't deserve that either. We have to understand that. But you cannot do the second part of the commandments if you don't do the first one. And the first one is not going to happen if you don't have a relationship with God. And that's why Jesus Christ never mentioned, oh, yeah, let's go through the commandments. Number one, you know this. And number no, it's very basic. You go back to a relationship. You need to have a relationship with your God so you can have a relationship with your neighbor. If you don't understand that part, what are you doing here? What am I doing here? We are lying ourselves. Because anybody can do many of these things and just say, wow, he's a great man. Look at him. Oh, he looks like an Adventist. Wow. He looks like a Christian. Wow. No. Let's keep reading. The beauty of all of this is that when you go back to Matthew, to the, to the chapter 22 of Matthew, when, when, uh, when, when this, is, this is happening, the same story is happening, Matthew mentioned in verse number 40, 22, 40, says, all the law and prophets hang in these two commandments. Everything else that you think you are going to do, hangs up. even the prophets, when they come and they said, you are going to die, or you are not doing this, or you are doing this. Everything lies in these two commandments. Love, relationship, God. The problem is, we forget about that. We cannot forget about that. Let's put it this way. Next time when someone comes to your door, 
and said, hey, we are here to give you Bible study. You want to study with us? And you look at them and you know they are different than you. Don't use your energy to fight. Don't use any of that to just put them down. Do what this thing says. You love them. You show them. All the law and prophets base everything in this. And you show them the relationship that you have with your God. You don't fight. My grandpa used to do that. Oh, time to fight. Just let them in. Let them in. They opened the Okay, let's see. What do you have? Oh, <laughs> you have that verse. Look at me. I have this one. What do you think about? Well, I don't have. Oh, just wait. That's the right one. Let me give you a left one. That one. Boom. Okay, let me give you the knockout. Pan. Knockout. Ten. Yes. I'm an Adventist. I'm a winner. Is that the way it's supposed to be? Mark number 32, the verse number 32. Well said, teacher. You're good, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself is more important, even him realized, is more important than all burnt offerings and what? He was going on the right track. He even understood that. And he said, we know. You said that correct, Master. Wow, Jesus, you are really intelligent. You're right. All of that is more important than the sacrifices and everything else that you want to do for him. Don't we have people today that they do sacrifices still today? So they can have just everything right, everything perfect. They got it. He got it. And then Jesus answered to him and said, when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Oh, man. By this moment, he should be saying, you are right. You are. You know the kingdom of God. But he didn't say that. Why he didn't say that? Because the purpose of this person coming to ask that question, it wasn't to find the truth. It was to test him so he can fail. He knows everything. But the purpose of his questions, the, 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 the deep inside, all the purpose of his questions was to bring Jesus Christ down. So yeah, hey, you have it. You're almost there, but you're not there. You have to change. A little tiny bit. But then my question is, am I there? I mean, how many of us, we are there? We know all of these commandments. We follow, we said, oh, pastor, this, oh, yeah, everything. We do all of that. But then Jesus, when he comes and we explain everything, oh, you're right, Jesus. You're such a smart, look. yes, you're right. I found out through the prophets. I found out through, yes, you're right. But then he says, that's good, good. But you're not there yet. That's why I'm going to remind you, Matthew, when you got in front of him, he said, sorry, I don't know you. You are not there yet. And all this time you've been having the time to be there, you are not there. Because you need to understand the relationship with God and you. 
That's the most important thing. Once you understand that, everything else is going to just like pieces, go one after another, just perfect. You are not there. I am not there yet. We need to keep working on. It's not about knowing one, two, three, uh, number four, I'm not failing, I'm really good, five, six, numbers, number six, oh yeah, 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 I'm having trouble, I'm working on it, six, it's not about that. All of that is going to change when he changed your heart here. When Jesus saw, verse number 34 again, that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then, from then on, no one there asked him any more questions. Because all their questions was going all the time about the law, about the traditions, about the things that you are sure be doing. So I know you're going to break a law. I know you're going to break something and we're going to get you there. But Jesus Christ answered with something deeper than just traditions and law. He answered with a relationship that you and I need to have with Christ, with God. That's deeper than anything else. And if that's true back then, that's true today. And it's going, be, and it's going to be true during the last days. And it's going to be true even in heaven because we're going to be worshiping. We're going to be having a relationship with him. It's true then. And it was true then. Still, it's true today. The Ten Commandments are important. But they are important if you base that in a close relationship with your God. The God who brought you from different places and you are here. The God who just delivered you from whatever problem you had and now you are here praising the Lord because of that. That God... He is the one that wants to reach you. He wants you to understand who he really is. So you can also go outside leaving these doors. You can also show to others and give the testimony that God is going to do the same thing for them. God is good, isn't he? In two weeks, next week is special. I want you to be here. But in two weeks, we are going to start with the other part that we need to realize. Be ready because God has a plan for his church. He already knows his church. He knows his people. But he has a plan for your life and my life. Things that we have to start doing. God loves this church. I believe that. He loves each one of you and me. It's only one of me, each one of you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your blessings, for everything you have done for us. At this moment, my Lord, my God, I want to ask you for forgiveness, not only mine, but for everybody else, Lord. But after that, I want to ask you, Lord, for you to keep giving us the opportunity to be close to you, to get to know you more. 
Help us to see you among all of the other things in life. Help us to see you among work, among sports, among relationships, among everything else. Help us to see you so we get to know you, so we can know you better, so we can follow you, and we can be strong, and we can be faithful until the day Jesus comes for the second time. Help us to give a living testimony to others who don't know any of this. To others that probably have, and many of them do, have the wrong idea about the Ten Commandments. The wrong idea of what you really want from them. Help us. Give us the words. Give us the wisdom. Help us not to be almost there to understand the gospel. Help us to be there because we are giving our lives 100% for you. Bless this church. Bless each one of my brothers and sisters here. In Jesus' name, we want to ask all of this. Amen.